Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about another of my favourite films. And this is a film that I remember watching uh, when I was a kid, uh, when I was 12 years old in fact. Um, And it's a film that uh, was a favourite of mine from that day on. And it's been uh, a, uh, a favourite film of my family uh, ever since. Uh, and that film is Jurassic Park, uh, which came out in 1993 and was uh, directed by uh, Steven Spielberg. And uh, it was based on the, the novel of the, the same name by uh, Michael Crichton. And um, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favourite films uh, growing up, which is still a favourite film of mine now, to this day, and that is the film Jurassic Park. And um, I can still remember um, seeing um, Jurassic Park back in uh, the movie theatres back in 1993 uh, with my family. And I think we actually watched it twice. Oh, I might be misremembering, but I have this uh, this instinct that we watched it twice um, uh, because it was so good. Uh, and uh, I can still remember uh, buying the VHS tape of Jurassic Park when it came out. Uh, I think it came out around Christmas that year, uh, but I might be wrong. Um, might have been uh, uh, the the year after, uh, probably '94, but I, I think it was around Christmas time that it came out. Um, and uh, I remember how blown away I was by Jurassic Park, by the uh, the realistic depictions of dinosaurs, um, the, the and in such a way that for me, I had never seen in a film before um and the 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 way that the the story was was told it was so natural and so believable and the characters were so uh so uh enthralling um and uh i was just um there are there are a number of films that you watch during your life which have influences on you and uh, especially when you're a kid and they make you think maybe I want to do that when I grow up and uh, one film that comes to mind is uh, Indiana Jones the character of Indiana Jones and when I first saw those films as a kid uh, I wanted to go into archaeology I got really into archaeology and I wanted to be just like 
uh, uh, Professor Indiana Jones, uh, Harrison Ford's uh, character. And then when I saw Jurassic Park, uh, I wanted to be a paleontologist. Uh, and I was absolutely mesmerized by dinosaurs, wanted to know all about all the other dinosaurs that there there had been that had existed millions of years ago and um i was just spellbound and the 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 story of uh something or someone um bringing dinosaurs back to life after being uh, extinct for 65 million years was just uh the prospect of something like that happening was just uh, magical to my uh, my young imagination and even to this day um it still is and um as i was saying uh jurassic park uh, came out in 1993 it was directed by steven spielberg um and um it was the first installment uh, in what is now called the jurassic park franchise um that stretches to um I think it stretched to two other sequels, um, The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, and it's extended now into the Jurassic World films. And uh, it has, it still contains, uh, it has within all of them, uh, recurring characters uh, and the actors that uh, have portrayed them in um, many of the films. Um, Jurassic Park uh, was uh, originally a novel uh, that came out in 1990 a science fiction novel written by Michael Crichton uh, which is described as a cautionary tale about genetic engineering uh, and presents the collapse of an amusement park showcasing genetically recreated dinosaurs to illustrate the mathematical concept of chaos theory and its real world implications um, and that novel also had a sequel uh, titled The Lost World um, uh, which was published in 1995 and um, and that was also the name of the, the second instalment in the Jurassic Park uh, film franchise um, the film is set on the fictional island of uh, Isla Nublar uh, which is located off uh, the Central American uh, Pacific Coast near uh, Costa Rica. And on it, uh, a wealthy businessman, uh, John Hammond, um, who's played by uh, Richard Attenborough, um, has has brought together uh, a team of genetic scientists that have created a wildlife park of uh, de-extinct dinosaurs though they've genetically engineered dinosaurs and used their dna that has been captured within mosquitoes that have been caught in amber uh, to reconstruct their genetic code and uh, and um, brought them to life essentially um but uh over the course of the film we find out that there are other uh, companies uh, trying to steal the the technology um, so there's some industrial sabotage occurring um, uh, and that leads to a catastrophic 
shutdown of the parks, power facilities, its security precautions, um, and a small group of visitors, as well as uh, um, Richard uh, John Hammond's uh, uh, grandchildren, struggled to survive and escape the perilous island. And as I said, uh, the special effects, uh, uh, which were created uh, by uh, Industrial Light and Magic, uh, ILM, and they created both the computer-generated uh, dinosaurs as well as the uh, life-sized uh, animatronic uh, dinosaurs, um, uh, along with um, Stan Winston, as uh, a famous um, special effects uh, creator and uh, Industrial Light and Magic is uh, famous for creating the special effects for uh, the Star Wars films um, as well as many other uh, films and um, something else that really sticks out for me uh, from Jurassic Park um, is the the uh, the soundtrack the, the, the musical score uh, that was created by uh, the one and only John Williams, who's a famous uh, and well-regarded um, film composer. He's created some of the, the most uh, well-known soundtracks of films, uh, including the, the Star Wars films and, um, and uh, Harry Potter films and uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, Superman... E.T., uh, the Indiana Jones films, and the list goes on and on. And he's his music is just uh, just the, and the, the soundtrack that he created for Jurassic Park uh, is just so synonymous with that film. And that's I believe that's the the true gift of John Williams is that he's able to create a synonymous soundtrack for every film that he he creates the music for uh, and you just know as soon as you hear it that that uh score that soundtrack is from that film um and uh it's it's a breathtaking soundtrack and um it really is uh, a joy to to hear um and um Jurassic Park uh was uh a film that had a, a stunning cast as well, uh, including Sam Neill as uh, Dr. Alan Grant, uh, Laura Dern as uh, Dr. Ellie uh, Sattler, uh, Jeff Goldblum as uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, uh, Richard Attenborough as uh, John Hammond, um, and uh, also uh, Joseph uh, Maslow as a uh, Tim Murphy and Ariana Richards as Lex Murphy and they're uh, John Hammond's um, uh, grandchildren and uh, there's, there's a lot of other characters throughout the film that um, uh, pop up uh, including uh, Sam Samuel Jackson's character of uh, Ray Arnold and a lot of uh, really great actors who, who pop up uh, throughout the film also and who really do uh, add so much to the 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 story of uh, of the film, um, and it's really uh, a uh, a masterpiece, uh, I think. Um, and Steven Spielberg is a master filmmaker. 
in every respect uh, from every film that he's made, um, whether it's Jaws or um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jurassic Park, uh, um, Ready Player One. Uh, he's been involved in so many of the, the greatest uh, films, uh, film franchises of all time, including the Indiana Jones films, um, E.T., um, among uh, among those. So, um, and I'd always been a fan of Steven Spielberg's films, even when I was a kid. Um, but uh, I, re- I really was taken aback um, uh, when I saw... Jurassic Park uh, for the first time um, and I couldn't wait uh, when I it was announced that there was going to be a sequel um, I knew that I definitely was going to see that and uh, uh, my family went to see it as well and um, it's highly regarded um, by so many people um, for being uh, incredible uh, in and, and groundbreaking in so many uh so many respects um it really did push the bar uh, in terms of uh, special effects and storytelling um and um also uh adaptations because it was uh, such um such a great interpretation of uh, such a a wonderful um a wonderful novel um so the story uh begins uh um on this uh, island of uh, isla nublar uh which is a, a fictional island uh um off the coast of costa rica uh which uh industrialist uh john hammond has created a theme park on of cloned dinosaurs uh which he's um due to open called jurassic park um but uh during the handling and the transportation of one of the uh, velociraptors from its uh, containment um uh box uh where it's been has been transport when it, in which it is being transported to the park uh it um manages to uh to knock one of the handlers off uh, the top of its uh, containment um, pod um, and uh, the handler is killed by the Velociraptor and um, we find out uh, after this um, that uh, the park's investors who are represented by a a lawyer uh, Donald uh, Gennaro uh, are demanding that experts visit the park and certify that it is safe um, the lawyer uh, Donald Gennaro invites uh, mathematician and chaos theorist uh, Ian Malcolm who's played by Jeff Goldblum um, while uh, John Hammond uh, invites uh, paleontologist uh, Dr. Alan Grant and a paleobotanist, uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler, uh, who played by Sam Neill and Laura Dern, uh, to the island um, to give their uh, expert opinion and to also certify 
the safety of the park. Um, and upon their arrival, the group, when they're traveling uh, um, through the park, uh, they see uh, this incredible sight of a uh, Brachiosaurus uh, feeding from one of the tall trees. And I can tell you that when I first saw that as a kid, uh, that was absolutely breathtaking sight for me and it was from that sight um that i knew that this film was it was it was just a magnificent sight um that uh even now i still recall in great detail how i felt um and um i just i was convinced just from that moment that this film was something something special uh and then when um, the group uh, of experts and John Hammond and um, the lawyer uh, uh, arrive at the visitor's centre uh, for Jurassic Park, uh, the group learns uh, the secret of uh, the dinosaurs, how they are, um, how they uh, are now uh, a reality. And... Uh, the secret is that they are clones and they the cloning uh, process was uh, accomplished by extracting dinosaur dna from mosquitoes that has pres- been preserved in amber um as well as the dna from frogs um that's been incorporated into their uh, genetic structure uh, to fill in the gaps in the genome of the dinosaurs um to prevent breeding all of the dinosaurs were made female and uh, um, Ian Malcolm actually says that this idea is uh, uh, will inevitably uh, break down and that uh, they will find a way to uh, reproduce nature will find a way to reproduce um on its own um and then the group watches the the hatching of a baby velociraptor and then visit the the velociraptor enclosure um uh and uh during uh, a lunch at the park um the all of the experts uh debate the ethics of what is going on and what john Hammond has uh has um always attempting to do um, what he has done at Jurassic Park um the ethics of uh, cloning uh the creation of the park and um Ian Malcolm warns about uh, the implications of uh, genetic engineering and uh where it will stop um where it will end what would the the ultimate uh um fate be if we go down if humanity go keeps going down this road of uh, genetic engineering uh then the group is joined by uh john hammond's uh, grandchildren lex and uh, tim tim murphy uh for a tour of the park uh, while uh john hammond oversees the tour from uh, the control room 
Uh, but unfortunately the tour doesn't go as planned, uh, with most of the dinosaurs failing to appear uh, when the, um, the, uh, the group pass by. And um, um, the group uh, hear the uh, the calls of a uh, a sick uh, triceratops, and um, Alan Grant, Doctor Alan Grant, um, Sam Neill's character, as well as Laura Dern um, and Ian Malcolm. Um, who's played by uh, Jeff Goldblum go to uh, assist this uh, triceratops this sick uh, triceratops um, and uh, Ellie's very interested in trying to help it and uh, wonders whether the sickness could have been caused by uh, some kind of uh, plant that the the, um, triceratops had eaten um, but unfortunately, um, uh, their trip around the park, uh, has to be cut short because a tropical storm is approaching Isla Nublar, um, and most of the, uh, the park's employees are due to leave for the mainland on a boat, um, and they do so while the visitors attempt to return, um, uh, on, uh, with the, the assist of their electric vehicles, um, except Dr. Uh, Ellie Sattler, who stays behind uh, with the park's veterinarian to study the Triceratops. Um, Jurassic Park's lead computer programmer, uh, Dennis uh, Neadry, uh, who's played by uh, Wayne Knight, um, we find out has been bribed by uh, a character called uh, Dodson uh, who's working for um, Hammond's uh, corporate uh, rival and he wants uh, Dennis uh, Nidri to steal uh, some fertilised dinosaur embryos and that will be he'll be paid uh, for them um and that's what leads uh, uh, Nidri to deactivate the park's uh, security system to gain access to the uh, embryo storage room um, so that he can steal some of the embryos and he stores the embryos inside a container that's disguised as a shaving cream can Uh, he also sabotages and cuts the power to uh, some parts of the the island um, and also to the vehicles uh, which have uh, Alan Grant um, and uh, Ian Malcolm and um, John Hammond's grandchildren in uh, and effectively strandling, stranding them um, um, because most of the, the park's electric fences have now been deactivated uh, it's allows some of the dinosaurs to escape their uh, um where they've been uh, impounded um, and we see a Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, escape from their pen the, through the fences um, and uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, starts to attack uh, the, um, the vehicles 
and they're the uh, the group within them. Um, and then uh, Alan Grant, um, Lex, and Tim uh, eventually do find a way to escape. Um, but uh, uh, Ian Malcolm is injured uh, because he tries to run off with a flare to try and draw the Tyrannosaurus Rex away. Uh, but he's knocked unconscious. And uh, then the the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, devours the the lawyer uh, while he's sitting on the the toilet. Actually, he's trying to he hides in the toilet, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, it get the the uh, the bathroom that he's sitting in gets knocked down because of the storm, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex goes straight for him and eats him. Um. And then we see uh, Dennis uh, Nidri on his way to deliver the embryos to uh, the island's uh, docks. Uh, but uh, he gets lost in the rain while uh, travelling in his uh, jeep. Uh, he crashes and uh, he has a very close encounter with uh, a uh, uh, Dilophosaurus uh, dinosaur. And he gets uh, eaten as a result. Um, Dr. Sattler uh, helps uh, the game warden. Um, the character of uh, Robert uh, Muldoon. Uh, is played by uh, the actor uh, Bob Peck. And, um, and then they, they attempt to search for the survivors. But they only find uh, Ian, Malcolm, um, just before the Tyrannosaurus uh, returns. And the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, actually chases the uh, the Jeep that uh, Ian, Malcolm and uh, Dr. Sattler and uh, uh, the, the game warden are in. Uh, but they, they outrun him. Um, and then we see uh, Dr. Grant, uh, Tim and Lex take uh, shelter in a treetop and they see uh, a herd of uh, brachiosaurus um, uh, eating and um, that's when uh, there's a famous uh, conversation that uh, um, uh, Alan Grant has with the the kids Um, and uh, it leads him to uh, talk to them about uh, the dinosaurs and their nature and how they uh, may be able to uh, one day reproduce because uh, as he says life finds a way uh, even though they were genetically the dinosaurs were uh, designed to be uh, female um, that uh, sometimes biology and nature has its own uh, has its own intentions and uh um he he notes that there are some frogs that uh, are able to change sex from female to male and vice versa um so that that might be an actual possibility for the the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park um especially uh west uh, african frogs um who uh, could change their sex uh, in a single sex environment and um, 
that can allow for uh, breeding and uh, Dr. Grant concludes that the dinosaurs uh, have been breeding um, uh, especially after they discover that some broken shells of uh, some dinosaur eggs so as I say uh, and as he points out that uh, if it's possible to, to, to do something then life uh, life will find a way um, unable to decipher Dennis Nidri's code uh, that shut down the, the computers of uh, the system of Jurassic Park uh, to reactivate the security system uh, uh, John Hammond and the chief engineer uh, Ray Arnold uh, played by uh, Samuel Jackson um, re- try to reboot the, the park system Um but uh, they end up uh, shutting down the, the park's uh, grid and then they retreat to an emergency bunker where uh, Ray Arnold uh, heads um, well he uh, heads to a uh, maintenance shed to complete the rebooting process uh, and then he leaves uh, uh, John Hammond and uh, Ian Malcolm uh, to uh, to rest up and to try and get and um, maintain contact uh, while they're trying to uh, reboot the system. Uh, but uh, when um, Ray Arnold fails to return, uh, Doctor Sattler and uh, the game warden uh, Robert uh, Muldoon head to the shed to check on him, uh, but they discover the shutdown. Uh, has deactivated the remaining fences and has released the velociraptors uh, Muldoon uh, distracts uh, the raptors uh, while uh, Dr. Sattler goes to turn the power back on uh, and uh, um, she's uh, attacked by a raptor while she's trying to get to the shed and that's where she discovers uh, that um, Samuel Jackson's character Ray Arnold uh, is dead because she finds his uh, severed arm. Uh, meanwhile, um, the uh, the game warden, um, Robin Muldoon, uh, is caught off guard. He's trying to hunt one of the Velociraptors, but he's killed um, when uh, another raptor uh, outflanks him and... Uh, uh, shows that uh, these dinosaurs are incredibly intelligent, um, perhaps more than uh, they were expected to be. Um, then we see Dr. Grant, uh, Tim and Lex uh, reach, finally reach the visitor centre. Um, but at one point on their way there, um, they see... The, the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, eating a herd of dinosaurs and um, Tim also gets electrocuted when they're trying to climb over one of the fences uh, that have been deactivated but just as uh, the power grid is re-established it electrifies the fence and he's electrocuted and he's uh, um, he's shocked back uh, and he falls from the fence and uh he, but he does uh, eventually regain consciousness. Um, but then, when they vis- they uh, reach the visitor center, um, 
Dr. Grant uh, heads out to look for Dr. Sattler, leaving uh, Tim and Lex inside. And then we see them being pursued by some of the raptors, uh, the velociraptors, in the kitchen of the uh, Jurassic Park Visitor Center. Uh, but they manage to escape uh, and join uh, Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler um, in um, the foyer uh, where there's this um, massive uh, uh, skeleton of a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, uh, before that, uh, Lex, who is uh, a computer genius, uh, is able to restore power from the control room. Um, allowing them to call um, uh, John Hammond, uh, uh, who calls uh, for help. Um, and uh, then, um, th- as the the, uh, the group of um, Dr. Grant, uh, Dr. Sattler, uh, Tim and Lex uh, trying to uh, escape, um, they're cornered by the Velociraptors. Um, uh, but then uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex that uh, we saw throughout the film uh, um, appears uh, and uh, attacks the raptors and kills them uh, which gives uh, um, the group uh, time to escape the visitor centre and um, then John Hammond arrives in a jeep with uh, Ian Malcolm and the group uh, head to a helicopter um, that uh, is waiting for them and they use the helicopter to uh, finally leave the island and leaving uh, all the the carnage and the dinosaurs and the damage that has been done behind. And the final scene is when they're all aboard this helicopter and... Um, and um, Dr. Grant, uh, Alan Grant, looks out and he sees these birds uh, flying uh, over the water um, just uh, just to the side of the helicopter that they're flying in. And you can see that he's making connection between um, the birds that he sees and the dinosaurs that they've just escaped from. And... Um, um, because it's uh, it's uh, a clear fact that dinosaurs um, are the one of the most one of the remaining forms of life uh, that uh, were born of dinosaurs uh, that still live uh, to this day are birds, and there is a a direct connection between the two. And uh, it's a beautiful moment, and the music that. Uh, uh, plays along with this scene is uh, uh, absolutely uh, uh, astonishing and beautiful as is the music that plays throughout the entire film um, at different parts uh, we get different uh, types of music um, dramatic uh, um, just very um, soothing at times and um, a true testament uh, the soundtrack to Jurassic Park is a true testament to the genius um, that is um, that is the uh, the the beautiful music of uh, John Williams that he's 
his scores are able to uh, um, they have such a magic to them and they're able to uh, generate such uh, emotion um, from the audience um, as do the 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 visuals of the film I mean um, Jurassic Park is such a beautifully shot film also as are um, all of the films um, within the franchise um, but um, Jurassic Park um, even though it's a part of the franchise now uh, at the beginning when I first saw it um, in my opinion it was it was perfect just the way it was uh, as a standalone film but because of its success of course it uh, generated um, other films that would follow um, but I think um, in comparison I think Jurassic Park uh, stands alone and it stands out from all the other films that are set in the same uh, universe the same franchise um, as it and um, it's uh, it's always going to be a a special film for me it brings back a lot of memories for me of um, of my childhood and of my uh, passion for uh, paleontology and for dinosaurs and I know it's something that a lot of kids uh, it's a phase a lot of kids go through this um, entrancement by uh, dinosaurs especially um, because they're such uh, mythical creatures and they lived such a long time ago that uh, the possibility of actually meeting a dinosaur is a very engaging uh, thought Um, but some dinosaurs you really and as shown in Jurassic Park and in Jurassic World films you really wouldn't want to come face to face with one of these dinosaurs um uh especially the the meat eaters because they would eat you alive without even thinking about it um but even to this day uh we le- we're learning more about dinosaurs um and uh they're still uncovering uh, the skeletons and the remains of dinosaurs that lived millions of years ago and it's uh it's still a compelling um area of interest for me um even in um a recent uh news article that i read um they just found uh, the first complete t-rex skeleton um uh that had been locked in a fight to the death with a uh, triceratops um it was finally revealed uh, to the public um after being buried for 67 million years in uh, montana um it was found back in 2006 um by a cattle rancher and two of his friends um and it uh it depicts it's the remains of a t-rex and a triceratops um that were seemingly in a ferocious battle to the death with one another um uh before they were frozen in time um for whatever reason whatever the circumstances were it's uh not known um but it's uh as i say it's it's interesting yet again um i mean the 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 extraction of this 14 ton um these 14 ton skeletons 
um, you know, after all this time, uh, and they've been so well uh, preserved. Um, in fact, uh, one of the the, uh, the scientists um, involved in the um, in the in the 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 dig and the um, the uh, preservation of the the two skeletons that have been found um uh a doctor uh, lindsay uh, zano she says that the the fossil um uh especially the t-rex will forever change our view of the world's two uh favorite dinosaurs um she's the head of paleontology at uh, the north carolina museum of uh, natural sciences she also says that the preservation is phenomenal and we that they we plan to use every technological innovation available to reveal new information on the biology of both the T-Rex and the Triceratops. Um, and that they are... She also says that she's continuing to um, study the specimen of the two um, dinosaurs... And uh, it's noted that the T-Rex includes the only 100% uh, is the the only 100% complete T-Rex that has ever been found, um, and it's the the most uh, well preserved um, of any um, that have been found, um, and uh, I think this discovery. Uh, is just uh, is just really spectacular and uh, mind blowing, and it really is incredible that there are still things to be found. There are still things buried under the under the ground, just waiting to be revealed. Um, you know these gargantuan uh, creatures that roamed the earth millions of years ago um which is such a long time ago we can't even imagine um creatures like that walking around now especially in the world that we've constructed around ourselves and they do even now they seem mythical um they don't even seem real they seem like there could be a fiction just like created in a movie like in jurassic park but they're actually even the, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and the Jurassic Park franchise. They're all based on actual paleontological discoveries of uh, skeletons of um, all kinds of dinosaurs um, that lived millions of years ago um, before um, uh, um everything changed for them before the world got shook and turned upside down and it had to start again uh, essentially um, at the end of the uh, Jurassic and the Cretaceous period in um, in our history in the history of the world so it's fascinating uh, um, the discovery that has been uh, announced um, of these both these dueling uh, dinosaurs um and i just wonder if this discovery will 
um, inspire um, any further chapters that uh, come in the uh, the Jurassic Park franchise. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, Jurassic Park is always going to be a special film to me. Um, it's one that I'm I enjoy every time I watch again, um, and uh, as I say, it always gives me. Uh, um, always makes me think of when I was a kid um, when I first watched it how entranced I was by these dinosaurs that looked realer than any that I'd ever seen portrayed previously that um, I could even believe that there was a possibility that they could be brought to life Um, and who knows if that could be a possibility one day perhaps they will discover the complete gna dna chain the entire genetic structure they'll be able to reconstruct the entire genome of a dinosaur and recreate it um you know another a living breathing dinosaur walking the earth after 65 million years um i mean that would be an incredible um an incredible uh, feat of science, science and biology, and um, it would be uh, something that uh, uh, would be uh, something that had only been previously um, a part of the imagination or a part of the story of a of a film or a novel. Uh, but uh, with the advances in um, DNA um, testing and DNA genetic manipulation that is possible now even compared to uh, 1993 or 1990 when the the novel came out um, who knows what could be possible Um, so perhaps one day uh, we'll see Jurassic Park um, become a reality in some way shape or form um yeah who knows but yeah i think we're gonna leave it there for now um i hope you liked uh my review of uh uh jurassic park um always going to be a favorite film of mine and uh if you haven't seen jurassic park or any of the jurassic park films or jurassic world films then i would definitely recommend that you check them out because they're really incredible films and um yeah, you won't be you won't be disappointed. Uh, I'm gonna leave it there for now. I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience. Um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form, uh, and go to Amazon, and you'll find um, all ten of my books that I've had published Um they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, 
books of uh, memories and uh, experiences um, and there'll be more to come and uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to Patreon and searching for Mark the Poet and uh, your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um, but uh, as I was saying I hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um, and I'll talk to you again soon